This is a Kirkendall Barrett presentation, darling. <laughs> you can touch it if you want. Ladies, if you want to meet a man, check your storage closet. Come on, Kendall, take off your shirt and go camera shopping at Best Buy. Good shirtless, not bad shirtless. Yeah. Well, it was gratuitous. Yeah, it was. I like a good grizzled man sometimes. A lifetime of Hallmark. Well, hello, everybody. It is your favorite day of the week. It is time for another episode of A Lifetime of Hallmark, where we talk about your favorite movies on both Lifetime and the Hallmark Channel and try to make sense of them. I am Les Kirkendall Barrett. Hello, Jason Bowers. Oh, there we go. Hello, Les Kirkendall Barrett. I pressed the wrong button. <laughs> button did you press? And hello, Curtis Patrick. <laughs> We're off to a rockin' start. Hello, yeah. Les Kirkendall Barrett, and hello, Jason Bowers. Well, I pressed the gangbuster start that. button. <laughs> we're, we're doing this live. We're being authentic. Mm-hmm. And live to tape. authentic, I need to thank our friend and listener, Susan Thompson Gaines. Because, Susan, I get this message asking me for my address, and I send her my address, and she sends me this. It's a Hallmark sweatshirt that her neighbor was selling at a yard sale. And she picked it up and sent it to me. So thank you, Susan. It says, oh, Hallmark Channel, you just get me. (laughs) She mailed me. um, She mailed me once I was finished with all my cancer treatment. She sent me um, like a cologne, not cologne, but it was like, like a bath gel whatever it was and it was called clean slate so right very sweet yeah and and she's like a she's like she's like a she's like what awards for like doing good deeds and stuff she's like genuinely a good person <laughs> i don't know yeah. this susan uh i know she's friends with you guys but if she's a fan of the show and never wants to send me anything i am a size likes cash she probably would yeah <laughs> likes cash no cash. Yeah, Complete the trilogy. Yeah, that's cash. I have a friend. I sent him a text message over the weekend. He was he happened to be in the middle of listening to our last episode. Oh, he was really he was really enjoying it. Do I know this friend? No. Oh, okay. Well, that's listen to it. He was he's laughing. I said I said oh I said oh yeah that was a good show. He wrote back. He said that was a great show. Oh, see Ooh. there you go. Okay, there you go. There you go. I know my sister listens. And then, like, yeah. yells at me for stuff. <laughs> like, you know, when I talk about driving cross-country and then watching the movie as I drive. And, you know, things like that. Yeah, Kurt and I that just yell at you for what movie you chose. Well, oh, no. My sister you know, cannot judge my taste in movies. <laughs> if you really... If, if life's moving too fast for you and you want life to slow down, watch these Wedding Veil movies. Because life just screeches to a halt. This was like, a, you know, I, I, I don't know. It just this didn't. Uh, this this movie put me in a dark place. I, <laughs> I a wedding veil inspiration. I, I I just I really didn't. Uh, th- this was a rough one. I oh. think this one suffered the same thing that the last one suffered from, and that's that they basically 
they they did all the story in the first three movies because each of these characters had a movie focused on them. They all had their romance, and those are the focus of those movies. And now they're kind of spinning their wheels trying to find things for these people to do. And they're bringing in all these side characters that when we don't really care about the main characters that much, and it's just wasting our time. Well, you guys are going to be upset because I watched the third one. And at the end of the third one, there's another item of, of clothing that does other things. Is it a noose? <laughs> ne- well, clothes, it's a necklace. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. It'll probably serve as a noose. <laughs> yeah, the wedding veil. I don't know. So, but I was thinking, so Les, you like this movie, right? You, you, you watch these. Yes. I like the third without one. Without anyone telling you to. I like the third okay. one the best. The third one's actually good because it centers around um, Tracy, otherwise known as Sammy Brady, otherwise known as Allison right. Sweeney. And so she goes to Greece. So it's more of a location and they actually do go to Greece. Oh. Mm-hmm. So it's more of like one of their Hallmark, like on location movies. So it's actually pretty good. Well, the, I, I don't know if they deal with this in the third movie, but in the last, in this one and the last one with Lacey, Part of the problem that that differentiates it from the first three is that there's no mystery behind any like article of clothing. Like the first three had that veil that tied the three together, and there was a mystery behind like whose veil whose veil was this? Why is there this legend behind it? And they don't have any of that in these three movies. They keep referring to the old legend. We don't care anymore. Right. Well, see, the third movie is different because, you know, basically um, she's having problems with her husband because they never spend any time together. And so they decide to go to Greece to, like, reconnect. And so it's a sort of a different type of story. And then, like, she really doesn't want to have kids and they kind of get in. Like, it's a whole thing. So it's a little different. It's, you know, but I won't make you watch it. No, I think no, we have I, to. We have to complete it. Okay. We're in this yeah. far. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're I you watched it. <laughs> I guess we can't blame you. But so what do you like about so like this movie? What did you like about this less? Is it the I liked characters her, her husband. Liked? I liked I I liked the Italian husband. So you like that guy? Yes. He's pretty to look at, How? but like what's the character bring to the table that makes him interesting to keep watching? Good looks. Possibly packs oh, yeah, under that like shirt. That. Pretty I much, that's it. I liked about this movie. Okay, that's pretty much know. it. Okay, like you know, he didn't even wear his fancy outfits like he did last time. Nobody wore t-shirts, and then and then her assistant brought some sass, a little sass. I like that I character. I, I liked her. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, she brought some sass. I so I liked her. And I liked looking at my future ex-husband, the Italian guy. So I was fine. I guess I'd be a bigamist because I already have a husband. But, you know, there's that. (laughs) Escapism. (laughs) Um, Oh, so we... We know people who made that work. So, so, so we were... Can we... So can we talk about your... Your... Zoom experience, Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> or how do we? How, how do I we said I played. I said I sent a message to 
the members of the show. <laughs> and I said, I, I said, last night I played Zoom games with a woman who played baby's sister in Dirty Dancing. And uh, we don't need to say what I said. No? No. Okay. We're going to say that. All right. No. Um, well, no, you wanted to Instagram it. That's, that's what I was going to say. Oh, I did want to Instagram the, uh, that interaction. Yeah. yeah. Does she yeah. listen to the podcast? Does she listen to it? Yeah. I don't think so. What is her name? Her name is Jane Brucker. Okay. Oh, we'd, we'd love to have Jane on. Well, we'll see. What happened was I got invited into the Zoom game. It's called Quiplash. Oh, yeah, I know. Heard of this? Yeah. So it's a Zoom game, and uh, basically it, it, like, sets you up for a quip. And then – so there's, there, there are eight of us playing Quiplash. What, was she so, very quippy? Yeah, she's good. It was kind of like comedy people, like writers, improv people. A lot of improv people were like in this. Oh, look at you getting invited oh. into inner circle Zoom games. There was a woman there who has been on Whose Line Is It Anyway oh. back in the day. So she was another member of this group. So, wow, Kurt, look at you. So I got invited. I was playing. It was late Saturday night. I got a. Um, Message from somebody, friend of mine says, "Do you want to play? Do you want to play Zoom games?" I was like, "All right, I guess so." So then I was in in that group. Now was it cryptic? Like, don't tell anybody. Don't pass on this link. Well, she apparently has a baby sister. She does her own Quiplash games, and it's like very exclusive. She she limits this to eight. You have to kind of like reserve a spot, and it's like through her, you know, her her group. It's like an underground oh. poker ring. I know, right? Yeah, it's it's, yeah. Like Molly's it's, a level, game. it's a level of the entertainment industry that you should fear. I feel like you're breaking through <laughs> to that level, though, Kurt. Huh? I feel like I'm you're breaking, breaking through. through. That level? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been oh, invited good. into the inner circle. Oh, I'm, I've broken into that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. What happens in play another what? game? I had some good quips. Um, there was one that was said. Uh, one was a big hit, and I did well in the games. I think I came. I think we played three times. I pl- I came in second, uh, uh-huh. two of the times. One of my 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 big winning quip was um, they said it was a uh, what's the what's the grossest thing that you can construct out of boogers? Ew! And and, and my answer was a detached garage. Ew! So that was a big that was a big hit of the night. Ew! I hate boogers. I hate boogers and gum. Boogers. That- yeah. Both gross me out. So you don't like anything that's to that level. been inside of someone before. Yeah. <laughs> but very exciting, you know. Dirty Dancing was a, a, a huge movie. Yes. No, and she was funny in it. Because she, she sang, what, I'm trying to remember the song that she sang, but she couldn't sing. But, but no, she well, was funny in it. I think she became more of a writer after that. So maybe she acted and, acted a few more things, and then she was a writer. And I th- and I believe she was an improv improv artist as well. So. so so maybe one day you'll go into Zoom meeting, or you'll get invited to the to the to the to the exclusive Zoom quip game, and Baby will be there. I don't know about that, but you never know. In the corner, should you have the corner square? Well, nobody. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll see how things go. Maybe I'll ask her to uh, come on the show. I don't want to push things, you know. I just, I just. This was my first quip, quip lash game. 
Well, no, and, and, and kind of, you know, get, get, get in, let them get used to you, you know, yeah, let yeah. them get, because eventually someone's going to ask, so Kurt, what kind of things do you do? And then you can say, oh, I am the host <laughs> of a podcast about the Hallmark Channel. And then most people go, oh, my God, are you kidding? I got to listen. And then there you go. There are a lot of politics that you need to maneuver in the dark underbelly belly of Zoom gaming. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll see. <laughs> the underbelly. <laughs> I have this other celebrity friend who I made friends with on Facebook, and she wouldn't. So I like I, I, I hung out with this, with this woman. In person? Who she is. Yes. And um, she's kind of a, she does like a live show, but it's a pretty, it's, it's a pretty popular show. She's been on some like panel shows and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So I hung out with her and then I tried to friend her on Facebook, but I, I got, I got no, no response. But, oh. then, um, but then she said, but then I, I see her updates because I like, I'm like following her, I guess. So, mm-hmm. so that's kind of annoying. So I wrote her again. It's almost like a year later. And I wrote and said, hey, I'm sending you another friend request. I canceled the request. I sent it again. And this now, time she wrote have, me back. Does she have 5,000 friends, though? Maybe. Well, that's the thing. Friends. She wrote me back and she said, I have to kill somebody off and then I'm going to friend you. There you go. Oh, okay. wow. See, she's like going to kill people off for you. To kill people off. The difference between this year and last year. So I think there's some momentum going on. Look, she's going to cancel yeah. someone. Well, she's going to see that you're in that uh, the Zoom game group with baby's sister. She's be like, oh, shit, I got to get in with the curtain now. Right. I think there's some heat. I, I think there's some heat on me. Yeah, I think there's some, you know, there's a smell going on. I, she could smell it. You need to let your agent know. That, you know, like you, you always tell your agent, like new things that you booked or whatever, so they can uh, use that as they're trying to get you more work. You need to tell them, I am part of the new Zoom gaming group. Along with baby's sister. Right. I also have a celebrity who's considering friending me. On Facebook. The relevant social media platform of Facebook. (laughs) I don't know if I could say her name. I'll say it. It's Imaging Coco. No, no. I it's it is Imaging Coco. Is somebody first of all, if Imaging Coco Coco knew how to use the internet. I'd be impressed. Well, is she even still with us? I don't think so. I don't. I have. I'm oh. friends with a bunch of people who are mutual friends with with um, Lorraine Newman, though. So I see what she's. That up makes to sense. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah, I have, yeah, I have okay. people that are mutual friends with her too. Yeah. I remember her from that that John Travolta, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis movie that was filmed at Twenty Four Hour Fitness. Oh, really? Wait, you didn't know that? So no. Um, is the John Travolta, Jamie Lee Curtis, they did like an aerobics movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, it was perfect. In, and it's so 24 yes. Hour Fitness used to be the Sports Connection. Okay. And it was filmed at the Sports Connection West Hollywood. It was filmed in there. Well, that place is gutted now because they're putting it at a John Reed Fitness. Oh, who's John Reed? Owns a fitness gonna, center, apparently. Is it going to is it going to be like a higher end? It's going to be higher world? end. It's one of these ones where they have like live DJs while you're like taking a class and stuff. It's, you know. Okay. And this is, and this is how, like, you know, how much of a sucker I am. I'm like, oh, life DJs. Maybe I should try. <laughs> that sounds cool. Although it's probably going to be expensive. I don't need that. 
Yeah. It'll be like a ratty. Yeah, yeah I, I think it'll be less expensive than Equinox, but still on the higher end like that. Yeah. I remember when I went yeah. to Equinox, um, they had like an esthetician there. What's that? For your skin. Oh. You know, like facials Estes- and stuff. Yeah. Esthetician. An esthetician. Yeah. Yeah, Botox. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, speaking of uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, she got her very first Oscar nomination. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. I know. I was very happy with the Oscar nominations this time around. Very I was happy. I was largely happy too. I was uh the only one I that didn't get nominated of the actors that I, I really thought should have been nominated was um uh Dolly De Leon from Triangle of Sadness. I still want Stephanie Hsu to win from uh, Everything Ever All at Once, but Dolly De Leon's performance in that movie was so good. And the actual mo- the movie was nominated, though, but just she wasn't. Correct. It got a few nominations, yeah. I've not I seen think, that one. I think Everywhere, Anywhere, blah, 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 All at Once is going to sweep. I would love to see that. You know. Um, how about this to Leslie woman? There Apparently there was... a. There was like an A-lister campaign that uh-huh. went on to get to that, that went on to get this woman nominated. Like nobody's seen the movie, except I guess those. Yeah, those basically, movie is it? I, it's called Two Leslie. It made like twenty-seven thousand dollars in the theater. Came and went, but then like some some A-list people they got started getting the word out at the last minute to other Oscar voters, like, "Hey, you're sleeping on this performance." Uh huh. And it's not nominated, not nominated for a SAG award, so we're not going to get the link. No, but okay. So her name is Andrea Riseboro. Uh-huh. I'm saying her name correctly. She has been around for a while. I would, I would say she has a shot of winning. Now you see, you think she's she's completely long shot, but I don't know. I mean, if they were able to get a grassroots campaign going to get her nominated and just nominated, uh-huh. you never know. Yeah, sure. but th- think Shelly about think the about the favorite. who votes for that award because this is best actress, the right? Academy, yeah. The Academy. Well, the Acad- no, but right. not the entire Academy. The acting branch of the Academy votes for that award. <gasps> so, and and the, a- and the acting branch of the Academy largely mirrors what you're going to see from SAG Awards voters. Okay, because our friend Meredith, friend of the show, Meredith Thomas, is an Academy member. Oh, yes. Well, I don't know. I haven't seen uh, two less. I will. I'm really interested now. But obviously, Michelle Yeoh is the front runner, and then Kate Blanchett's a front runner for the actress. Uh-huh. I don't know. You never know. And Stephanie Hsu, who, who I like. Yeah, that's uh, supporting. That's for supporting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And then what's his name? I keep on calling him Data, but um, <laughs> the guy from everywhere. <laughs> oh, Kihoi oh, yes. Kwan. Yes. yes. Who I have a, a who I have a little crush on. I could go there with him. Yeah, we were talking about him before. He looks like he's he's gonna win. Yeah. He's up Which will make him even sexier. And okay. Then, and think about it though. And think of the Hollywood story from Goonies to Academy Award. Winner. Well that's what it is. A that's lot of this the narrative. has to do with like the narrative. Exactly. That's why I'm thinking that woman from from Two Leslie, if they really play up the narrative. You never know what could happen. 
Right. Hmm, I don't know. She apparently did an interview with Mark Maron. Mark Maron's also in <gasps> to Leslie. I and, uh, subscribe to the Mar- to yeah. what WTF. So I've got to go back and listen. Right. And she it. they did an interview and apparently I just read it was a very revealing interview and they said that could have also contributed to her. I'm going to look right now. These votes for nomination. Interesting. We like uh I like I like wild cars, things that come out of left field. Yeah, but then you know what, though? Sometimes, though, with these Oscar movies, then you watch them and you're like, is this what what was the fucking big deal? (laughs) What? So I have not seen Blonde. The uh, the Marilyn nope. movie from uh, Netflix, but Anna de Armas was nominated. But everything I heard about this movie leading up to it was that it was a train wreck and it wasn't yeah. good. So how the hell did that thing get not? I think it was nominated for a bunch of Razzies too. So how did it get nominated right. for an Oscar? It was, yeah. Now I've seen the movie and it's a very difficult watch. Is she uh, like, good in it? Well, so, it- pardon? Is she good in it? She's not bad. Is she nominated for Best Actress when there's only five slots good? No. I've, okay. I saw, I've seen better, like, of the movies that are out. Yeah. Um, I and, thought and like the movie... I said, the movie, the movie is a very difficult watch for, as you can imagine. What is that noise? Uh, sorry, it was my phone. It was my cousin calling. But the, but the movie is a very difficult watch um, for several reasons, you know. I, 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 like a lot of trigger, it's a very triggering movie if you've had certain things in your life happen to you. Um, it's very misogynistic. So I don't know anybody who's, who I, I Eddie, I've talked to a lot of people, I don't know anybody who's even liked that. Seriously. Yeah. Well, I've watched a, a couple of these movies and they are, there's been a couple of movies that are kind of uncomfortable to watch. I watched The Whale. I, I watched that as well. Yeah. You know, something, just a light, a light whimsical movie. <laughs> well, women talking, I watched that. That's, oh, that's geez. got some, Heavy. that's got some stuff. Yeah. I watched like a double feature, Women Talking in the Whale. Are you sick? Yeah. You watched that in one night and you didn't jump Well, out I the watched window? I watched Women Talking and then I start I watched like half of the whale, then I had to watch the other half like the next day. And, and then you had to watch like a Hallmark movie to like kind of clean your palate. Well, <laughs> I don't know. The wedding veil the wedding veil inspiration I think was even more depressing. <laughs> but <laughs> than the women talking. But, but the Elvis movie, you know, the Elvis movie that that didn't that was kind of sad. That was sad yeah. as well, I thought. And um, and the Banshees of Inisherin. I mean, Jesus. And that was actually nominated for like best comedy in the critic circle. Like, what's funny? It kind of had some dark humor in the beginning, but oh man, that movie was that was bleak. Well, you know. Um, so, so basically, I, everywhere, I anywhere, or whatever, all at once is like the happiest movie nominated. Everything, everywhere, all at once. That's a fun movie. It is a fun. It, it legitimately is a fun movie, and even though it does it deals with a lot of family drama, I think it it's got closure at the end. So yeah, you feel good no, about I it. I really love the resolution. Yeah. And, uh, oh, I saw that in the theater. And, 
I got happy that the quiet the quiet girl was nominated for best foreign film. I love that movie. Girl. That's one of the best movies I've seen this year. Seriously. Okay, maybe I'll see that. It's I, and, I saw a movie called She Said, and She Said was very good. It's also oh. a, it's also a triggering yeah. movie, but it was. I thought that was. Good. Is that the one about that the Weinstein saga? Yeah. Okay. It's as good as some of these other movies that are nominated, I think. Yeah, and The Quiet Girl, once again, I guess this is the year of the sad movie, because it's also you know, kind of sad. I don't get it. I, I don't get why all these, why, why we're, why we're, get, we, there's this, I guess the word, right word is deluge. We're deluge with these kind of sad, heavy movies, because don't you think after, I would think after COVID, we, they want to lighten up, but I think these movies were kind of made for an era they weren't expecting. Like these were probably the movies that were being made during COVID or released like developed before that. I also think, you know, when you're making movies and trying to get Oscar nominations, which some of these clearly were, you're dealing with heavier subject matter by design. So it's, it's going to be bigger, heavier and Oscars have sort of been trending that way for several years now. Right. We want to laugh. Right. Please, we've had enough. Yeah. I've had some hard years now. I'm watching these these movies. Jesus. Yeah. Give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> but you got everything everywhere at once. Top Gun. Look, Top Gun Maverick, they put that put 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 that out and made a gazillion dollars. Because it's like it's a uplifting movie. That's oh. what people wanted to see. I some enjoyed that movie year. and I sat with a group of people who hated it. I did not like it. I was bored. I didn't see it. I thought it was fine. Best best picture? No. If if that movie came out and and had no ties to the original movie, we would not be talking about that movie right now. And the funny thing is, is the thing that people talk about the most in that movie is the little announcement that Tom Cruise made before the movie started. Oh. Did you see? Cause, what was that? Oh, it, it, like it because it was in the it was over the summer, and he's like. They, you know, thank you for coming to the movies. We're going to get movies back to the way they were. Thank you for, like, it was one of those. Like, everything's going to be okay. I don't remember that over- before the movie. Maybe they didn't show that everywhere. Or maybe I just don't remember it. I saw, well, I, I, saw it in, I saw the movie. I was in Cincinnati when I saw it. So maybe it was like a, they did it more like in non-California states mm-hmm. or something. That- you know. Was that the one where he's like in a limo and then he's like seeing a movie? No, and all that stuff happened. No, okay. Huh? No, he was just—it was just him talking to the camera. And then I think Nicole Kidman did one too. Well, Nicole does that one for AMC, right? So yeah, he did it for the actual movie. Like, thank you, thank you for coming back to the theater to support this movie. Blah 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 blah. So a lot of people are talking about that. That's fine, but that doesn't mean that that's a best picture contender because he made an announcement saying, thanks for coming back to the movies. Well, you know, you know how people can get sometimes. I like what they say, oh, Tom Cruise has been snubbed for best actor. Hey, I think Tom Cruise is doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. He'll, he'll go cry in his billions of dollars and more success in the film industry than is that we didn't realize was humanly possible. 
Yeah. He'll sob yeah. away. He he's a uh, he's an executive producer on one of Paramount's biggest grossing pictures of all time. He'll be fine. He's fine. He's fine. Um. Anyway, speaking <laughs> of fine, do we have any Black China news? Doing a piece of China. 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 I'm talking China. The Black China Report. Here's Kurt Fitzpatrick. You know, there's no new Black China news. I had to find another what? one from the from the archives. I don't know. She's having a slow month. Much like how I, they always said that, like, in the box office, January was kind of a slow month. It was kind of like a dumping ground for other movies. Well, you know, because movies weren't doing as well in January. But Black China is not very active. But So I found an article from about two years ago. This is actually from May 20th, 2020, from um, the Daily Mail. Co. UK, and the headline is Black China sets pulses racing as she strips down nude to film in the shower to tease OnlyFans account. Last uh, month, of course, not last month, two years ago, she set up an OnlyFans <laughs> account and is charging fifty dollars for a subscription. And Black China was sure to set pulses racing as she teased a new video as she posed nude for an Instagram post shared on Wednesday. The model, thirty-two covered her modesty with her hands as she filmed herself in the shower and showed off her abs and voluptuous figure. Black showed up off her tattooed torso, including a colorful floral design that covered her back and side for a punk chic look. Teasing the full video on the X-rated website, she zoomed in on her figure and ample assets before zooming back out. Last month, <laughs> she offered her fans a little foot porn teaser by sharing a video of her tattooed legs and feet, squashing some grapes as she encouraged her followers to pay up to see more. Quentin <laughs> immediately subscribed. She wrote, Foot Freak Mondays, fans only, link in bio, subscribe to see more, as she hashtag, uh, hashtag foot fetish nation, hashtag toes, and hashtag foot porn, among other things. Wow. No doubt the latest venture is set to be quite the moneymaker for black, real name Angela Renee White. She is charging $50 a month subscription fees, but offers a three-month package for $1.27.50, giving fans 15% off. Or you can opt for a year subscription. Well, this is, I guess is I... This is from a couple of years ago, so we don't know. But they said a year subscription at that time would set you back $450, but would give you 25% off. Black first let her fans know about her new venture when she shared a snap of herself facing backwards as she took a quick dip in her pool. Wearing a scantily plaid outfit, she showed off her voluptuous body and linked her new OnlyFans account in the caption. And that's that. Some Black China history. I, well, I don't remember this story from back then, and it sounds like Black China's OnlyFans is going after the foot fetish crowd. Yeah, well, you, you know, every you need a niche, you need a niche market. You know, what's that song? You got to have a gimmick. Oh, I'm not know. judging. There, there is money to be made there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You don't hit a niche. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I like that she's a businesswoman. She's an entrepreneur. And you know she's 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 making money. She's making money, being empowered. Like you know, she is doing it for themselves. She is kicking you know? that door down with a well manicured foot, which is well photographed. Yes, one I, foot in front of another. I wonder how much she does charge a year now, because that was like two years ago. So I'm sure her prices have gone up. Jeez. Especially she's got legal fees to pay for. She's got a you know. Just make some money. Yeah, this was before the. So it was two years ago. So it was before she went to court. Yeah. Well, so those legal fees are hopefully paid by now. I well, well I'm says, sure the OnlyFans, like you know, 
<laughs> I don't, we may have hit this. This is an article from Complex.com from September 2nd of last year. It says Black China reportedly made $240 million in OnlyFans. We have we talked have about this a million that. times, and I yeah. still I yeah. still maintain that there's no fucking way she makes that much money. Kurt, maybe you should do a deep dive and actually yeah. you're good at you're good at deep dives. Maybe you should do a deep dive oh, and see you. if this figure is actually accurate. How Not would right he? Now. How would he? No, uh, right now, but like for your no, next, no, no. So for your next China report. How exactly oh, right. would Kurt confirm this? Well, I am in that inner circle of people now. They, yes. they might have some, have some knowledge. Oh, this is true. You do know people in the know. Let's yeah. call baby's sister and see if she knows Black China personally, and can she get her on the show? You never know. I'm very close to becoming Facebook friends with that celebrity I hung out with. <laughs> Imogene Coca and Black China are tight. <laughs> they go drinking together. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Could you imagine Imogene <laughs> Coca is in the strip club with, with Black China drinking, making it rain? <laughs> That's right. Imogene. <laughs> Oh, let's talk about this movie. It's all who you know, right? All right, it's time for the it's time for the wedding veil inspiration. <laughs> and what an inspiration! Yes, in and I'm not even trying to be funny here. What is the inspiration in this movie supposed to be? What are they? What does that title even refer to? Um, oh, boy, her husband, my brain. <laughs> that's her inspiration is it because she her character is not really feeling inspired in her job and then she's got to go find her inspiration is that what they're referring like it, the title doesn't really make sense to me it's i guess it's very weak but so it's the wedding veil inspiration so i guess they're talking about the inspiration that the wedding veil has the the wedding veil is inspiring people to come into that shop okay i mean that's really it's something. Okay. okay. Maybe well, that's what we're talking about. Maybe this is like, you know, remember how Back to the Future 1 was good and Back to the Future 3 was good and Back to the Future 2 was kind of filler? Maybe it's like that. Jason's not having I'm, it. I'm, I'm not because because the Wedding Veil 4 was filler and now Wedding Veil 5 is filler. Well, they're all filler. <laughs> Jason's not having it. <laughs> Okay, we're in Chicago. Sure. We're in Chicago. I'm I'm, going to say this up front that my my biggest complaint about this movie, beyond the fact that it's boring, uh, is that the movie is supposed to be about Autumn Reeser's character and her romance with this Italian guy, yet they spend half the movie with him out of town and focusing on this other couple. Oh, his nephew. Is, is it his nephew or his brother? I didn't even know. No, no it was his nephew. Okay. Or his, either his nephew or his cousin. Okay. It was like one of those. Yeah. And and those characters were fine, but then just give them a movie. Right. Right. The nephew who wasn't nearly as attractive as the, the uncle. But, you know. But, yeah, they, I, I, yeah, they could have done that. They could have done that easily. 
because the sassy assistant was, I thought, funny. Yeah. I liked her. She was enjoyable to watch. So, so, so we see um, Aud, is that, what's her name? Emma. I, Autumn Reeser is Emma. So we see Emma. Reeser. And, and she's getting ready, and then her sexy husband shows up. I, I made Brad watch this with me, and they were playing some lame pop song at the beginning. And Brad's like, "Is this Sixpence None the Richer?" And my response was, <laughs> "My you response made Brad was, watch this." Yeah, Brad is a good friend. Oh, uh, he hated it. He, I said, "Oh, uh, they can't afford that shit." <laughs> Brad is a very good friend. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's watched a bunch of these, right? Oh yeah. Every time I see Brad, I'm like, I'm so sorry, Brad. <laughs> Every time I see him, I apologize. <laughs> does it on his own. So right? I owe extra apology for this, I yeah. guess. I, I don't make him. He does it willingly. <laughs> oh, so, so, um, so he, so we think that he's baked for her. Actually, he went to the store and bought them. Cornitos, cornetos, croissants. They were basically croissants. Yeah. That's what I thought they were. And so we find out he's having an opening. and Of a um, lace store. Of a, of a store. Of a, of a store. And so the uh, they get something in the mail, and it's from the grandmother. It's from Nona. And... Um, it's a it's a it's a lacy veil or like a scar. It was like a scarf or something, right? Like a lace. Yeah, I think it was like a, a scarf or a wrap or the something. Veil. But it was like hand. Yeah. No, it wasn't the veil, but it was like handmade specifically no. for Emma. And then oh, okay. I wrote. I then I wrote. Then I wrote in my notes. Emma looks very dickmatized, and I don't blame her. She looked dickmatized, but her and Paolo's relationship did not feel lived in. Like. These are actors that have played a couple for a couple of movies now, but it's almost mm -hmm. like they just met this morning. They started filming. Mm -hmm. Well, I would have taken I didn't full feel... advantage of that. I think that you're dickmatized less. I, I, I don't know. You think I don't I'm feel there's a lot of. I'm dickmatized. I wish. <laughs> you are. I just. Hollow guy. Otherwise, I don't feel a lot of like I don't feel a lot of sexual heat coming from this movie. Apparently, oh. they are doing it. Oh, a lot. Uh, he's always all over her. Yeah, I guess I don't know. For some reason, I wasn't feeling it. I, le I at least in the last one, I kind of felt like Lacey and her husband like had some some uh, sexual like uh, sparks going. This, yeah, I, I didn't feel like they they were ever on the same page. Right. Oh, so, so, so the next scene we see Paolo and he's getting, he's setting up his store for the opening, and he goes to put a picture, and this is where we meet his cousin or nephew, either one. Um, so then we cut back to Emma and she's teaching a class, and she's finished, and she, and this is where we meet her sassy assistant. Yeah, who, she's frazzled. Yes, Lily. Lily, and so. She's, you know, Emma asks her, you know, what are you doing tonight? And she talks about how, you know, she's just going to go home and eat some box mac and cheese. And, oh, and I wrote here, I, I wonder if Kurt likes box mac and cheese. 
Oh, no, 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 no. I take it back. I wrote, the, my note was, I wonder if Kurt Gosh, likes bullet. her. I wonder, I wonder if Kurt likes her, the sassy assistant. She did seem like a good match for, uh, for me. She liked to sit, she liked to just sit home <laughs> mac and cheese. And she was very quirky. Like her quirks actually would work, work, uh, work well for me. Mm-hmm. She likes to, what she says, she likes to jump on rocks and yeah. dig holes. And yeah, I'd be up for that. She, she uh, takes a uh, cut up hot dogs and puts it in her mac and cheese too. Yeah. See that? She I puts can... hot dogs in her mac and cheese. Oh yeah. Yes. White trash gourmet. That's amazing. Yeah, I like women who want to climb, climb a tree like a bear, or you know, <laughs> dunk her head in a red ant farm. Yeah, you know, well, she was really into these kind of like weird, weird things. Speaking of bear, oh my god, I was at the movies <laughs> last weekend and I saw oh, the the cocaine movie. bear. Yes, I I need to see that movie. <laughs> yes, Jason, have you seen the trailer for Cocaine? Oh yeah, bear? I, I totally want to see it. I need I need to see that movie. It looks ridiculous. And maybe this is going to be the year because, like, Megan is a hit. Maybe this is going to be the year of, like, the ridiculous horror movie. Well, I think well, it's yeah, just... These are the movies. Just, these are the post-COVID movies now. These are yeah. just good marketing. Both Megan and Cocaine Bear have good marketing. But I really enjoyed Megan. I actually enjoyed it, though. I haven't seen it. So the reason why I saw Megan is, so lately there has been a, you know, my husband and I are on our adoption journey again. And so there is a 13 year old in our lives who we are potentially going to adopt, who has basically been choosing our movie watching lately. Okay. So we went to see Megan because he wanted to go and see Megan, which I ended up enjoying Last week was not such a it was not such a good movie. He wanted to see House Party, the remake of House Party, which was awful. I didn't even know there was a remake of that. Uh, but I did hear there, about there that. were there were four of us in the theater. Okay. That's how well it's doing. But there's a remake and House Party did not need to be remade. It for listeners, House Party was a movie from the nineties with Kid and Play. And actually I have a friend who was in it. My I love friend it. played I love that movie. Uh, and so it was a movie that did not need to be remade because it was actually good no. the first time. Did you see the Megan spoof that SNL did over the weekend that name-checked yes, Motherload? Yes, I did. They name-checked Motherload. I love it. <laughs> I didn't see that one. The premise the of it. In Megan. Okay. The the premise of it broadly, Kurt, was that because this Megan has become sort of this gay cultural icon already, that the sequel they're gonna lean into that and there's an like a Megan 2.0 and it's set at a gay bar. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. How did Megan become a gay icon? Because it's a crazy doll. Yeah. Gays love stuff like okay. that. Who's fierce? Like who's fierce looking? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll see it. Well, the woman from Megan was was the she was the one who gave the the Oscar announce. announcement. Yeah, Allison Williams. Her, yeah, her and the the guy from The Sound of Metal. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I forget his name. I, I saw The Sound something? of Metal though. Re- Reese. Yeah, I think it's Reese something. Reese. Yeah. 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 Well, he was good in that movie, but years ago, I think. Any so so right. anyway, 
So Emma's at work. You know, she's, oh, she invites her sassy assistant to come to the opening. And, you know, she's like, hey, you know, and can you take some pictures? And there's free food. And I knew, Kurt, you'd probably appreciate that because the sassy assistant was oh, that's very true. excited about yeah. the free food. I'm telling you, this, this woman worked for me. Quirky. She's into the free food. Yeah, I can see that. So, so then Emma's boss, <laughs> who just looked haggard, this woman That's just nasty. haggard, and she'd had like a hard life. Yeah, hard. She's got a hard face. Yes. I don't mean she looks hard. I just mean she, <laughs> she you know, has, that's what she's had a hard life, yes. She looked like she could have started a prison film, very easy, like one of those women in prison films. And she so was about to retire. She, she could <laughs> not to retire. You said, yeah, that was the the whole plot of the movie. Is her character is supposed to be retiring soon? Oh, she's trying yeah, to retire, but before yeah. she retires, she's making Emma's life miserable. So she knows she's Emma's like Nurse Ratchet. Pardon? She's like Nurse Ratchet. Pretty much, because Emma's getting ready to go and leave, right? And then and and she's like, hey, I need to talk to you. And I know you need to leave, so it's only going to be for a few minutes. Cut two, it's hours later. And she's um, just getting to the party, and, like, the woman, like, literally monopolized her time for hours, even though she knew that she had to be an event. And it's lucky, like, she's lucky that her husband was nice, because some husbands would have been very pissy about that. Emma so, should have been more pissy about that. Because yeah. Emma told her, hey, I've got somewhere to be. And also, like, they, they, the entire movie, Emma's being put through these paces to get this promotion to take over Nancy's job. Nancy's retiring. Why is Nancy the only one deciding on Emma's fate here? Right. Or maybe it's one of these situations where it's probably the board or a board of teachers, but Nancy has, like, a big... Like, she has a big say in it because then she's the outgoing one. Yeah. I just feel like Emma should have grown a pair at some point and said, you know what, Nancy, when you're gone, I'm going to do this job my own way anyway. So you putting your thumb on me every step of the way isn't helping. Right. So, So Emma gets to the party. She realizes that she forgot the lace that Nona sent her. Uh, So she was very upset about that. But then she cheered up. Because A, Paula was nice to her, and B, Sammy and Emma, otherwise known Avery. as Tracy Avery. and Lacey, <laughs> were there. Tracy and Avery. Tracy and Avery. These, um, I, I, it bothers me these ladies, they exist as a unit. They're like the uh, human centipede. Like they can't even <laughs> exist <laughs> without each other. <laughs> they're still on the phone all three of them are on the phone at the same time they can't leave one of them out I want to see because I've seen this happen before where there's like three ladies that are best buddies and then like a fourth lady tries to get in oh. get on the action and it's a little bit awkward so that, that's what they, that would be interesting make things interesting they are very codependent mm-hmm. and, and then, see there oh, should be a so, legend oh. about the human centipede that would right. make these movies, uh, they would tie them together a little better. 
every time you <laughs> see the human centipede, you get divorced. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so then well, that might be a good reason. We find it. Oh, the guy is. Oh, I have it in my notes. The guy is Paolo's cousin, Mateo. Okay. Okay. And he's from. He moved, He just moved to Chicago from Miami. And because he broke up with a model. Yeah, he just broken up with a model. Everybody's got a hard life. Um, so we're at the party. The sassy assistant is taking pictures, and um, uh, Emma starts. Emma's talking to the sassy assistant, and Mateo accidentally bumps into the veil. It starts to fall over, and the sassy assistant stops it from falling over. So she touches it. And did they even play like a magical sound effect when she was near it the first time? Yeah. Yeah. And the sassy assistant is like, I want nothing to do with this veil. I keep it away from me. I want to well, get it near me. The fact that she believes it, that's that's her problem. Like now it's gonna come true. Like she would even like walk by the veil and like go out like make space between her and the veil. Yeah, she so basically she acted like the veil had cooties and she had to stay away from it. Yeah, yeah. Why? Is she afraid of love? She kind of was, actually. I, yeah, she was. Um, so then they start telling the story of the veil and Kurt. I, I took a note here. They're telling the story of the veil and one of the extras, this older lady, was like really working hard. Did you notice her? Are you was she Asian? Yes. Yeah, I did see her. Yeah. And she was really working. Working like she was really into the Legend of the Veil? Vale. Yeah, but like taking focus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, some extras do that. They, they try to get close to the camera. Uh -huh. But what the, the problem with that is if you're, you know, once you're prominently on camera, they can't use you again. So if she, if, so she have stepped back a ways <laughs> was not on camera she could work another day that's what i used to do because i didn't care about being on, i didn't care about being on camera i just wanted to get more work right i did like that they recapped the legend of the veil in this movie because they didn't really do that in the last movie they just sort of right. left you to fend for yourself to remember like why is this important to this plot uh-huh yeah so, so, so then they're at home after, so then later they're at home, uh, and Avery and Sammy are spending the night, um, and they're eating Chicago deep dish pizza. Yeah. There's less eating in the whale. I mean, these people, <laughs> <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's late at night. <laughs> It's it's late at night and they're eating this like carb. Could anything have more carbs than this pizza? Why don't they just down a cereal box? I mean, I mean, look, I'm not judging people. I just you know, I just you're. But you can't go to Chicago not and look, not eat deep dish. You might not be looking like Lacey Chabert if you're going to eat. If you're going to go by these eating habits, but maybe that's the only time she's ate eaten all year. I don't oh, know. and then she makes. She makes a callback to the last movie because when she was pregnant in the last movie, she would eat uh, pineapple pizza. And in this one, she's like, I never want to see pineapple on a pizza again. So, so then Paolo gets a call 
and his dad has been taken to the hospital back in Italy. And so, um, so so Paolo leaves. And so meanwhile, Emma is working on an article about the veil and she wants to publish it before she leaves her job and takes over and takes Nancy's job. And, um, oh, so Mateo, I wrote here, Mateo had a five-year plan. Mateo? No, no, you're talking about Emma. Emma does. Oh, Emma has a five-year plan and, um, oh. She notices it hanging on the wall. On the list. Pardon? She notices, like, the girls are all sitting on the bed, like, just chatting, having a, like, hey, it's the three of us here because Paolo just left night, and Avery notices on the wall Emma's five-year plan. Right. And, the, oh, that Paolo had added himself to the plan. Yes. That's something I'd do. Um, so, so Paolo calls. He got to Italy very fast. <laughs> they... Uh, they're doing a procedure on his dad. Um, and then she's talking to her sassy assistant. And we find out that Emma is definitely afraid of spiders because the sassy assistant was taking a video of the spider. The spider she calls spiders make, oh, Charlotte. Brownies. Well, they were going to make brownies uh, in a mug. They're going to uh, mix up some brownie mix in a mug. Oh, okay. Which is very important to Kurt. Have you? Well, would you eat brownie mix out of a mug? Have you ever made brownies out of a mug? Um, or in a mug? I, so. I may have. I would. Because that is like a very college studenty thing to do. So this is, I guess, something that they did back when they were students. Duncan Hines or one yeah. of those like pre-made mix companies had. They there was a. Uh, like a basically a cake or a, a brownie for one mix that they sold. I oh. think that's what I had once. Yeah. yeah. A brownie for one. That's kind of sad, actually. A brownie for well, one. Well, I think the idea was like, oh, you don't need to make a whole a whole tray of them if you're just kind of craving something chocolatey now. Okay, Kurt Fitzpatrick, could you only eat one brownie? Oh, of course. Would you I if there were more than one available? I, I keep the gun. How large yeah, is this one brownie? Yeah, no, but Jason now, asked, and I, I, and that Jason just asked, would you eat only one if there was more than one available? Yeah, I probably would. I, you know, I, I have myself. Uh, I, uh, I'm aware of a proportions. Okay. Okay. Kurt, <laughs> a responsible brownie eater. I, okay. Less, less. I'm concerned about Kurt because he's uh, complaining about the presence of deep dish pizza. He's saying you'd only eat one brownie. I know. I'm, who okay. are you and what have you done with Kurt Fitzpatrick? No, I might eat the dish, deep dish pizza. I'm just saying it's a little bit, you know, these ladies, they're not, they're not like heavy. You know, if you, Lacey Chabert, if she was eating deep dish pizza every night, late at night, you know, you're going to, you're going to have some, some extra weight. I think this is yeah. a, a when she goes to Chicago snack. Right. When she does that. Yeah. And then when right. she goes to Philly, she's eating cheesesteaks pretzels in the middle of the night yeah. when she's when but she's in I don't know, what other what else is going on but remember the last movie. she's in rice a roni it's 11 o'clock at night it's it's, 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 it's <laughs> just keeps going on and on and on rice a roni 
<laughs> but remember in the last movie though, she was eating donuts, but she was like doing a walk. Which oh yeah, driving. donuts too, man. I do love a good donut. That is, I do love donuts. Oh, okay. So so anyway, so they so the so the sassy assistant and Emma go to the lace shop because Emma promised that she would kind of go and check on things and help out while Paula was gone. So when they go to the lace shop, the lace shop, because remember, this is just a lace shop, and it's like packed. And the reason why it's packed was because the sassy assistant, when Emma was telling the story about the veil, the sassy assistant recorded her and put it online. And... And she called it, she called Emma everyone's favorite art historian. And so she goes there and all the women, oh, and I guess the, it wasn't YouTube, it was called Glack. <laughs> the social media platform. Oh, I Glack. thought it was oh. Clack. Clack. And yeah, at clack. one yeah. point in this movie, one of them said the name again, but didn't call it Clack. And I, I should have pulled the audio. I rewound it about five times because I swear to God, it sounds like she says clit. Really? That's probably why yes. they changed the name. Yeah. <laughs> At 4140 into this movie. Really? So you have it. It says this is going on clit again, isn't it? You have the, you have the clit. Time code. Time pinpoint. Mm -hmm. Pinpointed. Wow. Pinpointed. It's like right. it's it's like Dr. Skin. Oh, well, we know where to find the clip. Oh. Um Oh. Doctor okay. Skin. <laughs> or Mr. Skin. Yeah, Mr. Oh. Skin, yeah. So so Emma is kind of pissed about it um until she finds out that it's getting a bunch of hits. Like it got a hundred thousand hits. And, she's and it only been out like one night. So she was she was upset, but not that upside. Did did it make any sense at all why she would have been upset about it anyway? She knew she was being filmed. Oh, you know what? Because she just told her she's like, you know, you should have asked me before you put it online. So that I can kind of get. Yes, but if you're making a speech in front of a bunch of people at the opening of a shop, you're going to assume that any video and photos being taken are going to be shared with others at that point. Some people get weird about that, though. Like, I don't get weird about it, but there are people that do get kind of weird about that, though. I was just happy there was a little conflict. I just let it like, wash over me. Like, I know this one guy who, if someone puts a picture of him on, like, like if they take a group picture and they put a picture with him in it on their Facebook page, he makes them take it down. Which I don't understand, but he makes them. don't pose for the photo. Pardon? Don't pose for the photo, then. No, exactly. Uh, that's what I say. It's like, if you pose for the photo, it's pretty much fair game. Especially... I could see if it was a photo of you doing something. Yeah. If it's a photo with just a group of people standing there, what's like, the big You deal? don't want a video right. circulating of you touching your clack. Right. <laughs> yes. I don't want that. Touching <laughs> Right. Put that on <laughs> OnlyFans. You can make a few bucks. We also have a friend, Les, who uh, 
so she, a picture was taken of her, I think at a festival, a certain festival. And she uh, just wrote a comment like, this is the worst picture of me that was ever taken. And the guy who took the picture, he got offended. Oh. And I said something to her about it. And she says, look, she says, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to meet people. I'm trying to date people. And they're going to see this, this, this picture of me. And it's going to ruin it. Wait. Oh, oh. You, you know this person. No, but I'm because I'm thinking, I'm like, if you're trying to date, though, it's not on your page. You can block it from your page. I guess so. I don't know. She was afraid this, this picture was going to get out. <laughs> wow. Was it that bad? Did you see the picture? I guess I didn't, it wasn't that bad. No, it was it's like kind of her with like some other uh, other people, but she did not think it was a flattering, flattering shot. Okay. Um, oh, so then... So then there was like a whole side B storyline about how she couldn't work the coffee maker at home. Well, first yeah. we, uh, we, uh, because all these randos are coming in looking at the veil, but they're not spending big money on buying veils and, and wedding dresses and things. They, uh, Emma makes the call that, Hey, let's put out some of the cheap shit. Nobody really wants. And those could be right. little trinkets that all the tourists can buy. Right. Things like How is that a good idea? What's that? How is that a good idea? Actually, because all the people that are going in the store are wasting your time and not spending any money. Better to get okay. some money out of them because if they come in, they might buy a little souvenir of, oh, they've got this lace barrette. I'll, I'll spend the $20 for that. Right. And, oh, and okay. it's a new store, too, so it kind of help, it helps them because yeah. it's a brand new store. Um. Oh. So, so then, um, uh, the sassy assistant uh, helps Mateo out at the store. So she goes. So she goes with Emma, helps him out. Emma leaves. She stays, and then she continues to go back because her and Mateo hit it off. So she continues to go back to help him. Um, but then she does something which I condone. You know, when you meet someone you like, you internet, you do a check on them on the internet. Very good. But she saw that he was dating a model, but he was no longer dating this model, but he needed, he needed to update his social media. Well, that's she, what happens when you don't update your social media. Fair, but she's a moron because he now lives in Chicago. Right. Oh, and then I think another thing, though, too, is she didn't think that she could measure up to model sta a model standard either. I think that was part of it, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she saw herself as offbeat. Right. Um, oh, so, so then Nancy starts fucking with Emma. And so, like, for example, Emma has this class and Nancy's like, okay, you need to stop teaching this class right now and gave it to someone else. And then um, they're back in the store. Lily's still afraid of the veil. Uh this lady, uh, there was the christening gown was then too, which I think it would have been far more interesting for this round of movies if the if the christening gown made you pregnant. Yep, they hinted at that in the last movie and immediately undercut themselves and said there is no legend behind the gown. Right, mm -hmm. right, and so then Emma is like, "Huh, I see that you and Mateo are hitting it off." And then sassy assistants like, yeah, but he wouldn't like me because he dates models. And then Emma's like, he's not dating model anymore. 
and she's like, you're, you know, you're kind of making assumptions. Cause she was like, cause she was then again to Emma, he, if he's dating models, he wouldn't like me. And she's like, well, you're making assumptions and you didn't, you know, you need to like chill out and actually go for it. And he probably will date you. And then, um, oh, and then they pub. So then, then the article, uh, Emmett published the article of the veil, and she made the mistake of reading the comments, which you should never do. No, 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 that's not what happened. Oh, what happened? Lily told Emma that the article she's about to publish, she doesn't like it. She said it's okay. fine, it's factual, and it's good, but there's no like heart to it. But at the same time, she's uh, the videos that she that uh, Lily posted. Lily's like, "Hey, you normally shouldn't do this, but you should actually read the comments because oh, okay. people actually really yeah. like the way you convey information." I saw this movie Lily. two weeks ago, so thank you. <laughs> Lily was a little rude about the article too, and then she <clears throat> then she tells her that she spelled veil wrong. I, I hope not. Well, you know, it wasn't published yet. Was- That's what a draft is for. And you're a college professor. You can't be misspelling words like bail. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. I, I, what, what? I don't um, think that's I, rude, I, though. I, I Lily is her, a grad student. She's trying to offer her professor some uh, some uh, feedback. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, so so then, um, <clears throat> so and so at this point, Emma's video is actually doing really well. It's getting a bunch of hits. It's probably gone viral at this point. Mm -hmm. And Nancy tells her, okay, you need to cut that shit out and no more videos. Why does Nancy have, what what, what is her authority in this? None. That she can't make. None. Literally none. She even said that uh, it's not against university policy. Right. Like, it was such a weird stance to take, like, I don't know about these videos of you giving out factual information about history, the thing that you literally teach. Right. So then Paolo's mad. Paolo's like, she doesn't own you. No. I don't understand Nancy. Even I mean, not to, we're not going to skip ahead, but when we see what the way Nancy was operating, uh, Nancy needs to, needs to meet a firing squad. I mean, she's she just... Nancy needs to get laid. She's what? Nancy needs to get laid. Yes. Oh, that was obvious. Yeah. That was that was obvious. Oh, I don't look at that way. Hmm. Um, Oh, because she was uptight. Hmm. So yeah. So so Paolo's mad. Paolo's like she doesn't own you. And then Paolo brings up. He's like, you know, you, you know what? You really don't like this job anyway. Why don't we go back to Italy? What you know? Why don't you quit? We can go back to Italy. We have a business to run. You like Italy, and then he brought up because in the movie where they met, she was there teaching at a college, and he was like, "You liked teaching there. Why don't you just go back and teach there? Because the people that run the college really liked you, and you could get a job. You know, you get your job back there." But then she's, you know, she doesn't know if that's the right. Thing to do so she's confused yeah but, and in fairness to paulo like he, him suggesting that they go to italy wasn't purely selfish because he was going to be moving there it was hey do you actually even like this job that you're gunning after right now because you don't seem to 
And he did want to, you know, he did want to be around his dad more too. Yeah. Like he wanted to be around his family. Yeah. Oh, there was a so selfish was aspect, you know, but he really was asking you like, are you sure this is what you want? Mm-hmm. So, so, so then the shop is getting more popular and more popular and more popular because of the, the video and the veil. So everyone's coming into, but like the veils basically turn into like a tourist attraction. And so she walks, Lily just shows up, but she was just popping in because she forgot her sunglasses there and the store was packed. And so she just randomly, she just starts helping out. And so after everybody left, he's like, well, how did you know? what to do with customers. And then she gives her little backstory about how she was the youngest of a bunch of kids and her family owned a hardware store and they all had to work in the store. And so she grew up working in stores and working with people. And so then she's putting on her coat and her collar is off a little bit and he fixes her collar and they have a moment. Yes. And then Mateo asks her, do you really believe in the veil? And we remember they both touched it. The veil. So, the veil. Yeah, the veil. She says, somebody says life is cruel and difficult, but there is beauty. Yeah. Oh, and then we find out that Paul, that Mateo takes the veil home every night because he's a worried because he's worried about weirdos trying to steal it, which he's not wrong. <laughs> Do you think Mateo sleeps with that veil? I think he wears that veil. He wears, yeah, he wears it. Yeah. While he's watching RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, so then he asks her out because he says he's from Florida. He's from Miami. And he said that there was a store here in Chicago that was bragging that they had better Cuban, Cuban sandwiches than they did in Miami. So, he invites her to go and check it out. Let's go check it out. These Wedding Veil so, movies are all about regional food shaming. True. Oh, so then this is where the friends get really codependent because they're like, they're flipping out because they hadn't seen her in two days. That's bad. And they were like, we talk every day and we haven't talked to you in two days. And when you get like this, we know something's up and you're being vague and you're not telling us everything going on in your life. And we know something's wrong with you. Now, did you guys see that movie, the Banshees of. Not yet. Not yet. No, not no, cause yet. I, Cause I could see this movie as a crossover with that one. Where oh, like, because of that, because we're like, they don't want to be friends today. where they don't want to be friends with each other anymore. And it's just, Goes on from there. Oh, we'll see what I mean. Did it stem from not talking for two days? No, you'll see. The Banshees of Inisherin. It's all about. It's all about this guy. He doesn't want to be friends with with his with uh, his friend anymore. Maybe I'll yeah, watch maybe. it after this podcast. Does Colin Farrell look really good in it? He's hot. He looks like he looks like Colin Farrell. I don't know. Well, but there's good Colin Farrell and there's not so good Colin Farrell. Yeah, yeah. Well, so penguin, go watch the trailer. Yeah, he's, You'll he's, be able to decide. Penguin. Huh? What? The penguin. I said go watch the trailer. You'll be able to decide. <laughs> okay. Just watch the movie. You're going to watch it anyway, so. 
Well, no, I am, but you know, I'm in the mood for a good Colin Farrell, though. I'm in, I'm, I'm in the mood for eye candy Colin. It's Farrell. a shower in it. I mean, not in the movie, but you know, he took a shower for the movie. He's cleaned up. Okay. All right. Um. Anyway. I assume so, he did. So, um, uh, oh, so the C story because you know the B story is well, no, actually, I think the A story is about Emma and and her C hot story? husband. The B story is about the sassy assistant. The C story is about the espresso machine. And the D story is about a spider that is loose around the office and Emma keeps on flipping out about it. You know, all of them are F stories. <laughs> ah. Well, so when uh, as uh, Tracy and Avery are giving Emma crap for not calling her back, uh, the doorbell rings and... She goes and answers the door, and there's a pizza. And Emma's like, I didn't order a pizza. He's like, well, you get a free pizza then. And so she opens it, and it's a, it's another deep dish, Kurt. And it's shaped like a heart. It's from Paulo, which sounds nice. And the message that is written inside the box from Paulo, who is in Italy at the time, says, Amore, you are the love of my life. P.S. This is still not real pizza. <laughs> So Paulo is a dick because Paulo paid this restaurant to write inside the box of their own food. Our food sucks. You're a dick, Paulo. You dick. We got to get a soundbite from Fest. (laughs) Soundbite from Fest Ties Ridgemont High. You dick. So so, So there's ink on the food. It's not on no, the it food. No. It was on the inside of the top of no. the box. But he, he had the fucking restaurant right inside the box that this is not real food. <laughs> that is, I didn't catch that. I was in my own thoughts. That is awful. But I kind of like food. it. <laughs> like it was a lovely, it was a lovely sentiment up until that point. And then I'm like, well. Damn, you went from being really romantic to just a monster. Well, yeah, he was dealing with some things. What order pizza? Could you could you write this? This food sucks in the box. I'll pay you extra. I'll give and, you twenty percent. Well, and then yeah. you got to wonder the restaurant. Like, did they struggle with this, or were they like, yeah, actually, it's not really good. <laughs> we'll do it. Yeah. A little Caesar. Twenty bucks extra, sure. <laughs> Got to make money somehow. Oh, oh, so means so. Speaking of eating, Mateo and um, uh, Sassy this... are having having dinner, and he's like, you know, they're talking about their lives once more. And she's like, you know, she was the youngest kid, and he was, and she was the only girl. And so, and then he was like, well, I'm from Miami, and I like Miami. Maybe I could take you to Miami sometime. And he's being very pleasant. She's like, slow down there. Oh, so then Emma is so digmatized by her husband, he's not back yet, and she sleeps next to his shirt. That's how digmatized she is. Well, she's sleeping next to Paolo's shirt, and Paolo's cousin, Mateo, is sleeping with that veil. Well, nobody's really lonely. Paolo should have considered getting a plaster mold of his unit and left, left that behind. You can do that. You can do that. I know. They sell kits. Yeah. yeah. I would gladly buy him one. 
that could be another storyline. You know, they should make one out story. of lace. <laughs> Why not? They're going to run out of ideas at some point. Right. I, I want to live in a world where, like, a couple of years from now, there's, like, the wedding veil dildo. And there just there's a magical dildo that everyone needs to touch. And they're just digmatized by everyone they meet. Right. It would be crazy. Though. What if we went, like, 500 years in the future and we saw what was happening in Hallmark movies? Because you, you figure years ago they wouldn't even show a couple in bed. They wouldn't say pregnant. So we go 500 years in the future. And man, that's probably what's going on. There's a Hallmark movies. There's probably like you know anal, uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> finger penetration. We're gonna be like, holy shit! I mean, it, like <laughs> we're obviously joking, but I, think about the way just it, it, like media in general has transformed. The fact that one of the best picture front runners features a scene involving people trying to actively jump onto something that looks like a butt plug. True. Yeah. And if Friends. you don't know what movie that is, then you're going to have to watch all the nominees because I don't want to spoil it. That happens, that happens in Top Gun Maverick? I mean, after the first Top the Gun, it's more likely to be in that movie than any other. I, I, I listen, Tom Cruise, you gotta, you know, you gotta keep that at home. <laughs> look, you know, we gotta, Tom, Tom Cruise, like, look, look, I, I, I jumped on that couch. Now I'm jumping on a dildo. Yeah, you gotta curb that. <laughs> you gotta curb that, Tom Cruise. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't no, no one needs it to sue me. I'm just giving you a little, you know, everybody else. That yeah, that's it. Speaking of someone who needs to curb their behavior, <laughs> Nancy. <Me. laughs> Nancy pulls Emma aside and tells her that her style sucks. <laughs> She's like, "You wear bright well, who, colors, and and well, who she? <laughs> that, that needs to stop." I actually thought when this happened that, like, now we're in HR violation territory here. Like, clear HR violation territory. Yeah. Yeah. Who was the fashion, the the person who used to make the fashion picks every year? Mr. Blackwell? Mr. Blackwell, yeah. She's Mrs. Blackwell. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like what you're wearing. Especially since Emma's style was not even close to being over the top. No. She wants to wear black clothes, like dark clothes. And like for context, it's not even like she's an economics professor or something that's like a little more buttoned up. She's an art history professor. She's dealing with art. Oh my God. This movie. (sighs) It's troublesome. So so then for the future. So, so then we see uh, Lily and Mateo breaking into Emma's house, but they were missing black hoodies. <laughs> yes. I'd like to see them get arrested. <laughs> so yeah. so they, break in, they break in the house. They set stuff up. Emma comes home. And... Um, uh, what was Lord of the Rat? 
That was a sandwich shop or something, right? Well, I don't know about that. But at this point, Emma walks in. There's a bunch of there's a bunch of candles lit. She's lucky the house didn't catch on fire. Yeah. And there's and then um Paleo, what's his name? Paolo. Paolo? Paolo is like he's there on a computer screen. And he has a turtleneck look. And I wrote here, I like his turtleneck look. Yeah, three quarters into the movie, Les. It took him that long to bring that back. And there's a child's, there's like a baby pool, swimming pool. Apparently when they... Basically, because they were trying to set up like a virtual date as if Emma and Paolo were together in Italy. And the joke was that he got a table by the water, hence the kiddie pool. Oh, like they were in uh, Venus, uh, Italy. Venice? Venice. Venice, yeah. <laughs> they were in Venus. No, yeah, so I don't know. So it's like, so they break in. So Matteo and Lily, I guess they, they come in. Did they come in with the baby pool? Yeah. And they did. They got they a hose and start hosing it up? Yeah, they had to fill that up. They had to leave rose petals everywhere. They lit all those fucking candles. Little and candles. also they left Emma a hat to put on. Yeah. Like not only is Nancy shading Emma's style, but now her assistant and her, uh, her brother's cousin, and maybe the brother or maybe, you know, maybe her husband are like, uh, you know, I don't like the top of her head. Put, right. put a hat on. Make her, make her put on a hat. Put on the hat. So, so then they have That's this romantic friend, date. Now, the next day, this was a sign of the new Hallmark. The new – this is where Hallmark is like, we're going to throw this line in there just so you you can know we're all new here. What's because Mateo asks Emma about Lily. And so there was – so there was a – so the spider in the C story, Lily was calling the spider Charlotte. And so Mateo – asks Emma about Lily, and he goes, I like her. He's like, but she doesn't seem interested, and she keeps on mentioning Charlotte. Is Charlotte her girlfriend? And I was like, look at you, Hallmark. And then Emma- Yeah, was that like, was jarring. I didn't expect that. Oh, I, you know, honestly, in that moment, I didn't take that as, oh, he's asking, is she a lesbian? I took that as he's asking, oh, does she have a friend named Charlotte? I was 100% that- sure. Because, yeah, I thought it was like, you know, you know, what's up with her? Is Charlotte, is that a girl? Is that a girlfriend? Or is there, you know, is she, that's what I took it for. Okay. So, so homework is like, we're not slouching, kids. Um, oh, and so then, um, <laughs> Emma. <laughs> this is the point where. Emma is like trying to talk to Mateo about how how Lily is like a little bit different, but you know if you want to go talk to her about this, every morning she goes to Grove Rock Park, and I just wrote in my notes a good place to murder her. Right, you're telling some guy that doesn't know your assistant that well. Hey, you know what? She's always in this park in the morning by herself. Go find her there. Right. But then she was there taking pictures of bugs. Kurt, would you have liked that? Like, you know, a girl that just goes around the park every morning before work and takes pictures of bugs? I like a quirky girl who licks trees, 
Um, what? Plays in the grass. Licks trees. Communicates with the bugs. I'm okay with that. Yeah, like this is the kind of woman who you don't have to hire a car service or get a cab. She's okay with walking a few miles. Box mac and cheese. You don't even have to cook. I like that. Why is she licking trees? Yes. And why are you making her walk several miles? I don't mind walking a few miles, but, you know, women don't seem to like that. Kurt does live in New Jersey. Well, where I live now, I have to drive. But, yeah, you know, I don't mind, you know. I've said what I need to say. Okay. Oh, so... so, Do you have any questions? Well... I asked questions, you didn't answer them yet. Oh, what was the question? Why I, I said, what, why is she looking a tree? Well, she's in tune with nature. Could be a maple <laughs> tree, or it could be. It could also be a salt lick. Or that's actually a rock. Or a horse. I don't know. I'm just free associating now. Okay. <laughs> oh, so, so yeah, how it makes sense to me. So, so because of them selling all the little dumb trinkets and stuff, the store's numbers are like. <laughs> Amazing, and Paolo is like very happy. He's like, you know, the store is doing extremely well. And then Emma brought up, "Hey, why don't we make some replicas of the veil? Because you know these women are all in the into the veil anyway. They'll probably buy it. But would it have the same effect as the veil? No." She but pointed out that it wouldn't, but it, it's still a nice sentimental keepsake. Yeah. So so then Emma shows up for work the next day dressed in her conservative wear and the sassy assistant is like, um, what, are you going to a funeral or something? Are you okay? <laughs> More Ooh, judging of Emma's wardrobe. Yeah. <laughs> and so then Emma comes home and who's at her house but Sammy and Avery. Why? And it's like, is that? So this is the part that I was kind of like, okay, come on. Do you, you know, you can just up and fly to Chicago. They just burn money. And how do you know I want you at my house? <laughs> you know, how, how do you know I want, how do you know I come home and, and want you there? I don't. And this is like Rooster's Millions. You know, they, they, they just, they have to like, you know, spend all their money, you know? I was concerned about the fact that uh, Avery has a very young child at home. Who's watching her kid? Right. 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 The white noise machine. (laughs) (laughs) And Sesame Street. Uh, I don't know. This movie is just racked with uh, irresponsibility. But then they both looked at Emma as well, and they were like, did someone die? Why are you wearing that? And all the drinking. These ladies booze it up. This is like leaving Las Vegas. They're like (laughs) drinking like fish. Yeah, they just booze it up. They're not eating. They're drinking. It's just like addictions. If they're not, not, not drinking coffee, then they're eating. If they're not eating, they're drinking alcohol. It's... Jesus Christ, it's like sitting there. It's, just, it's out of control. But they're all physically fit. They're all very, all three of them are very physically fit. Yeah. 
Well, maybe that's what you need to do to get physically fat. Well, remember uh, Tracy oh, yeah. in the first set of movies, she has a trampoline. Yes. Who? Sammy. The blonde yeah. woman? Sammy? Yeah. She, Jamie she's Brady. got a trampoline. She had a trampoline, yeah. yeah. To stay fit. Well, drink um, and jump. Be yep. careful. Is that Yeah, that'll get you sick. That's like drinking Jeez. wine and eating ice cream. That's just not a good combination. It's a big party for these people. I remember back in my drinking days, I drank wine and ate ice cream once. It didn't go so well. <laughs> Try the acid mixed with the cream. Yeah. That sounds like it could work. Nah, no. <laughs> it did not. Oh, so so then the next day we see the sassy assistant and she's in the park taking pictures. She's taking pictures. And then Mateo shows up and Mateo's like, you know, I'm I'm really into you. And so she's like, I'm into you too. And then so then we see Emma and Nancy in the office. And Emma finally tells Nancy, you know what, Nancy, I don't want this job. And then Nancy is like, oh, good, because the reason why I've been an asshole to you the entire movie is that I knew you didn't want this job, and so I basically harassed you to change your mind, and it worked. That's weird. Well, she said something along the lines of... uh, it's it's kind of hard to tell people to that that the dream that they have isn't the right one for them or something. So she kind of needed to make Emma realize it on her own. Which you know there are other ways to do that. Like, are you sure you, you say want it. this job? Yeah. A couple you know, things also I, leading up to that. Oh, so when the ladies are there, the ladies are there. They have like a they do like a ping pong uh, therapy mm-hmm. session with her. They explain to her, they say, why do you need to be in Chicago? Why do you need to be there? You never change your five-year plan. And Emma cries. And then when she talks to her husband, husband says, I think the, oh, the husband offers to, um, did we did we talk about this? The, the husband husband offers. He says he has to. He could be in Italy for three weeks and then Chicago for one week, and they could they could work it out that way. And she does oh, not accept that. See how nice he is. She doesn't. She she finds that unacceptable. See how nice he is. So so now that so now that Emma isn't taking the job, we then cut to the sassy assistant and Matteo getting married, and I loved her wedding dress. Because it was like a little mini skirt wedding. Dress. Oh, I I thought her dress was hideous. But I think that was just to show she's sassy. I didn't mind that it was short. I just didn't like the the cut of it. Didn't look right on her. I don't think. Uh-huh. So so. But the the, so the upper part looked nice on her. It was like the bottom part. Like the, it was like a weird slit or something that just didn't seem right. Uh, it, oh, like on the side. Yeah. So they got married, and so another one, the veil worked again. Why are Avery and Tracy at Lily's wedding? They don't even know this girl. But they're, yeah, they're oh. there. 
Like Lily can't even afford to not eat box mac and cheese. But she's got to pay for two plates for these women who she doesn't know to come to her wedding. And drink her wine. And judge. (laughs) They're judging, too. Yeah. I don't think I addressed. uh, There was a question earlier if I liked box macaroni and cheese. Yes. And uh, not really. Okay. I have a a great recipe for macaroni and cheese. I haven't made it in a long time. I'm not sure where this recipe is. Uh Uh-huh. But it's like a... It's like an old Southern family recipe. I found it in like a uh, some city, like Cincinnati, or whatever. They had like a weekly periodical, and they they printed it. I like cut it out. It's something else. So I the like mac- good macaroni and cheese. I like all kinds of mac and cheese. I do too. I like a box mac if I'm in the mood for that. I like a a really nice, good homemade one if I'm in the mood for that. Especially if there's breadcrumbs involved. Do not oh, yeah. put anything other than mac and cheese and breadcrumbs and maybe a meat of some sort in it. If you put Ooh, anything, I do like a meat and mac and cheese. If sometimes. you put any like a pea or something in it to give it color, I will shoot you in the face. Well, uh, peas peas do not belong in mac and cheese. No, they do not. Onions do not belong in mac and cheese either. And it's so funny that you mentioned that because I went to Kitchen 24 the other day yep. and it was for it was for a birthday party. And while we were waiting for our meal, the birthday person ordered a bunch of appetizers for the table mm-hmm. and the Kitchen 24 mac and cheese had peas in it. I know. Mm. And I don't understand it. And I complain about it every time I go there. And it looked like box mac and cheese. Did it? Maybe they have a new recipe on that I was not impressed because I like a hearty mac and cheese that's almost like a casserole. If I'm going to a restaurant and they're serving in a skillet like they do there, it better be hearty. Well, see, this did not come in a skillet. Oh, it didn't come in a skillet? Because it was for for a table of like 20 people. I'm trying to remember if it came into a skillet. I think maybe it did. Maybe it did. But I wasn't, I was, I was not impressed with their mac and cheese. Pointing. You don't like those peas. No. I was, so the one I make, there's no peas, it, no onions. And then I was like, is there peas in this? It's like, are they? Because like British, Brit, and, and, and you can at me, I'm married to a British person, but British people pull that shit. Or like they put peas in everything. Well, so like so, there, it's something that some restaurants do to add color to things like fried rice at some Chinese restaurants, how they have um, peas and carrots in there. That's something Chinese people do. That is something that you see at American Chinese restaurants. Right. But it, but then it also it's like peas and carrots from the back, like the frozen ones. It's not even yeah. like, you know, real peas. Um, oh, so, so we find out at this wedding, Emma moved to Italy, and she's pregnant. She's got a bun in the oven. And she's also an internet sensation. Don't you mean a croissant in the oven? Ooh. <laughs> I did. And that was it. So they did it. Well, that's encouraging. All right. That's the end of that. Until the next one. <laughs> well. I had something I wanted to say, but I forgot. So, okay. okay, so I have a question. Mm-hmm. 
Do you want to watch a Lifetime one next week just to break it up? And then we could talk about the the Wedding Veil the next week? Or do you want to just talk about the Wedding Veil next week? I, I get the feeling you guys need to break it up. We need to break uh, it up. I don't know. Mm. I mean, I enjoy bitching about them. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, yeah. You want to just... Yeah, it's kind of... in. It's... It's current. It's in the news. It's what people are okay. talking about. It's trending. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I have a feeling that it. you guys might actually like the third one more than the other. Because well, it looks like, Tracy, okay. Sammy has a different sensibility than the other two. I do like her character better than the other two. So, like, oh, okay. you know, it starts off, she doesn't want kids. Her and her husband, you know, both are independent. She doesn't want to be, like, a homemaker. And so the movie is, like, basically her sensibility. So it's a little different. Okay. I do think I'm already going to be disappointed with how I assume that movie ends, though. And I I stated that concern when we did the last movie. So how do you assume it ends? And I won't won't I I assume it. it ends where we find out that Tracy is pregnant. Nope. Not right now. Oh. Nope. All right. Nope. But I saw they kept showing the commercial for this, and the all the ladies like are are on her honeymoon. Well, but, the, but, <laughs> but there's an explanation, and it's actually it's actually a good explanation. Actually, shall I tell you, or you, you do? You oh, I, well, I imagine it has something to do with the is fact that Emma's in now? Italy, and that's a lot closer to Greece than the U.S. is. Actually, it has something to do. Not only with Italy, but with the video on the internet. All right. Yeah. So there's a reason why she's there. It's not like it's not like she just showed up. There's a reason why she's there. All right. So I, I think, and, and do. Did the same person write all three movies? I think so. Because the third movie felt like someone else wrote it. Like, it didn't feel the same. Like, it felt like someone else wrote it. Or or someone else had a hand in it. I do feel like if they're going to do these continuing storylines, though, there needs to be one creative voice tying these things together. Similar to, like, Kevin Feige at... at, at um, Marvel sort of overseeing all the storylines of all the movies. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. I love that we're comparing this to the MCU. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I think it's a, a fair Hallmark comparison here. just in that Hallmark <laughs> is making a concerted effort to build this universe as a way for people to keep coming back to the channel. Right. The Veil universe. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, not, not to be confused with the wrong universe. Well, this is wonder, the wrong universe in a way. I wonder. I haven't seen any ads for any new wrong movies in a while. Mm. There's always a, something going on over there. No, and I know. No, I know there's some coming up because our friend Meredith Thomas has worked on a few. Yeah. So I know that there's some coming up. Maybe they'll do because I think February they always do a big push. So maybe there'll there'll be four new wrong movies in February or something. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about her the other day. There's new ones. I was thinking about her the other day because we we had told her she was our A list guest and she still is. Mm -hmm. 
you know, so next time she, she comes on, I say, you're, you're still our A-list guest. Yeah. Oh, and then speaking of which, someone who I met through Meredith Thomas, who Jason met too, was actually on Fantasy Island last night. The Wrong Blind Date, Matt. His, oh, yeah, his yeah, name yeah. was Matt. The Wrong Blind Date. Oh, I he thought was, you were saying that. Oh, okay. I, I was confusing it with the, 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 um, uh, the Wrong Prince Charming. I don't know why I was thinking that's who you uh, meant. The bartender? Yeah. No, but it was, but this, it was a really good cast. Because it was, it so so it so actually I watched two. One of them it was Cheryl Hines mm-hmm. and the Wrong Blind Date, and then this other episode it had it had the second Aunt Viv from uh, Fresh Prince. Okay. Uh, Maureen McCormick. Okay, Marsha. Is that Marsha Brady? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Brett Butler, and then this Brett other Butler. actress. Yeah. Yeah. And then the fantasy was that they went back to 1985, to a disco in 1985. Oh, I kind of want to watch that. And and there was drug trafficking and everything. I was going to say, Brett Butler's had some problems. I'm I'm happy that she's doing some uh, some stuff. She's definitely aged. Well, she's been doing more dramatic work. Like, she had a recurring role on How to Get Away with Murder. Oh, that's right. She was the one girl's uh, uh, like adoptive mother. Yes, she was good. Uh, in that. Yeah, I think she was in the Leftovers that that show from a couple years back. And then that Fantasy Island, she was actually she was good in Fantasy Island. Actually, yeah. Well, I think she 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 cleaned up her her act, and now she's out. She's uh doing. I remember reading a really interesting article about her. Uh huh. I don't remember the details. Just I know she she had some some issues. Yes, she did. But um, yeah, so yeah, Fantasy Island has been on all, and I still want to someday watch the Fantasy Island Christmas special, where the person's fantasy was about going being on a Hallmark movie, but then they went on the Hallmark movie, and people had sex, and then everything just went like bonkers <laughs> because they had sex. Hmm, it would, and it was a two-hour episode too. Yeah. Anyway, who's the Mr. Rourke in that show, though? It's not a Mr. Rourke. It's a Miss Rourke. It's Elena Rourke. It's his granddaughter. Yeah, it was the woman that starred in the Ice Wine Christmas movie. Yes. That's right. Yes. We we discussed that. And there's no tattoo. Um, uh, Her sidekick is this African-American woman who was, she was like 80 years old and dying of cancer, and her fantasy was to be young, and after she lived out her fantasy, Elena was like, well, why don't you just stay, and you could be my sidekick. I need someone. And so that's why she's there. Okay. And she, and she discovered that she was a late-in-life lesbian, so now she has a girlfriend. The all-new Fantasy Island. <laughs> my fantasy. Okay, good. <laughs> fantasy Island is hip with, it's like the new Hallmark. But if you want to get a hold of me, you can find me at my website, leskirkendallbarrett.com, or you can find me on Instagram at Kirkendall. Jason. Please rate and review us. Give us five stars wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you would like to find all of us, we are on Instagram and Facebook at Lifetime of Hallmark Podcast. Uh, or you can find me 
on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Big Shot Jason, or you can send me a pizza box with a nasty message about your own food in it. Kurt. Nice. Well, I'm at KurtFitzpatrick.com. Of course, that's Kurt with a K. I'm going to be in my own show called The Jester of All Maladies at the Rogue Festival. You can look up Rogue Festival, Fresno, California, uh, the first week of March. And I'm going to be at the Rogue Festival as well with uh, my show, The Real Black Swan Confessions of America's First Black Drag Queen. And that first week in March, I'm going to get to do my most favorite thing in the world, and that's torment Kurt Fitzpatrick in person. I'm not going to be there for that long, though. There's three new gay bars. I, oh, my God. You know, and you know, Sp- when I've been Spanish. in town with you, Kurt, I drag you to gay bars. Yeah, sometimes I slip through your fingers, though. Sometimes, you know, I'll tell you to meet me there at 7 and show up at 7.30 on purpose. <laughs> we should give um, give a shout-out to our, our friend uh, who appeared on a previous episode, Jason Debray. He's got a yes. podcast called The Shelf Shedding Movie Show, which I'm going to be on soon. And, and I really enjoyed him. I really enjoyed yeah, him being too. a guest. And he made a good call about uh, Brian Tyree Henry for Causeway. He was nominated today, too. Wow, okay. Yeah. Yeah, he, he really enjoyed it. a lot of fun. Yeah, he, he liked being on the show a lot. So now I'm going to, I think I'm going to have a rice ball. I'm going to watch more of a rice ball. Severance. I've got what? like a, it's like a popcorn rice ball. Yeah, it's like it's, oh. it's and then I'm going to watch more of Severance. We've got a screener of that. Wacky show. I know, I can't wait. I, I haven't so watched that like, show, but I've been hearing about it. So I'm very excited it, to watch it. It is so good. Uh, so Adam Scott, who stars in it, who was on Parks and Rec, uh, Adam actually had a small recurring role on Boy Meets World for a couple of seasons. Um, and he's actually on the latest episode of their podcast, that one that I had done a few months ago, Pod Meets World. Which I subscribe to that, and I really like the. I really yeah. like that. He's a really good guest on there too, because he's really game, and he's like open to talk about like yeah, because that was like very early in his career, and he was just kind of scared and didn't know what he was doing. And I might have been an extra in one of the episodes he was on. I have to go back and look because when I first saw Adam on Parks and Rec, I hadn't watched Party Down, and the whole time I was watching that first episode that he was on on Parks and Rec, I'm like, why does this guy look so familiar? I think I may have worked with him. Jason, what about your friend running for office? Oh, Ben Savage? <laughs> yeah, did you hear this? So Ben Savage, who I've talked about on this show for uh, Boy Meets World, who... Uh, when he was running for city council in West Hollywood, he did not win. I believe he came in seventh out of 12. Um, okay. apparently has filed paperwork to run for the house house of representatives for wow. Adam Schiff's seat. Wow. Look at you, oh, Jason. Okay. Like, you, you know, no moving and shaking. Well, I mean, I'm not moving and shaking. He is, but he, you know, I, when he was running for a city council, I hadn't seen him in the 20 plus years since I had been an extra on Boy Meets World. Suddenly he's running for office. I ran into him 10 times in two months. But think about it. If he wins, you can say, I have a friend in that. <laughs> I, I don't know that I need to do that. Well, but you know, but but you know, you'll be you'll be in the know. Well, look, at that. Uh, look I, and I I said this when he was running for city council as well. I don't know what he's running on. 
I didn't know what he was running on when he was running for city council, so I don't know what his values are as a candidate for the House of Representatives either. I'd like to know that before I vote for someone. So once right. again, just like we opened the show, we, we were at the end of the show talking about these inner circles that we're in. Right. It's the right. theme of the episode. We're all on the come up, guys. <laughs> sure. Inner circles. Anyway. People. <laughs> anyway, Kurt, I guess I'll let you go eat your popcorn ball. So, bye. <laughs> hey, I'll get on it. Bye. Bye. <laughs>